This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. There is a space between reality and fantasy. Between light and dark. Between rational and irrational. In this space, there are stories. This story is called The Bathtub. Insanity is a virtue. October 3rd. Moved in today. The building is old and dilapidated. No matter, the rent is good. I am here to do a job and hopefully will only stay a few months. I dislike small towns. They creep me out. I grew up in a big city and crave the noise and hustle of a busy place. I cannot sleep when it is completely silent. I realize today there will be many sleepless nights ahead of me. The building I am in is on a hill. It is isolated. Old and full of cracks that radiate out of the foundation. These cracks scatter around the building like spiderwebs, catching windows and doors in their path like prey. The building used to be an insane asylum, and later it was remodeled into apartments. Most people stay away from it, but I don't mind. This is why the building is so isolated. They renovated it several times since the asylum days, but can still see the little remnants of it all over the place. A coat of original paint that gets exposed under a leaky pipe. Tiles with scratch marks in them, right under my carpet. I went to town today to get some groceries. People are chatty here, nosy. Everyone knows I am new here since they have never seen me before. A cashier who was checking me out at the register asked where I was staying, and I told her it was the house on Cutter Hill. The old asylum? She had big glasses on and wore bright-colored lipstick. When she spoke, I could see that one of her teeth was also covered in it. Nobody local would ever live there, you know. She fixed her glasses. Just some folks that are passing through, and Heath. Also Tony, who is Heath's sister... Those two are an odd couple, so I suppose they like it there for that reason. I nodded. I hate unsolicited conversation. I don't care about asylums or any of that superstition. I am here to do my job and leave. I grabbed my groceries and went for the door. Wait up, darling. I heard the cashier call after me. Take your receipt. She extended a long, thin paper towards me my receipt. Her aged fingers were wrapped around it, and I could see her nail polish was bright red, just like her lipstick. 
I noticed how unattractive she really was then. You keep it. I was out the door. I drove towards Cutter Hill. As I approached it, there were less businesses and less people around. At the end of the road, I could see the old white building, my temporary home, with a few lights on. That was the only beacon of light in that direction. It rose out of the darkness like a forlorn sight across the field. The day was pleasantly warm now, the intense heat having receded with the sun. I cracked the car windows open and happily drove into the dark landscape. Hey, mister. I looked up. It was a woman in a bathrobe. She had dark hair falling around her face in curls, messy. She looked good for her age, which I would guess was about 38. Hey, mister, she said again. Are you the new guy? I nodded. They tell you anything about your unit? What's there to know? I was in a hurry to get back. I was hungry. They say a guy living there before you, he... You know... She whispered loudly. Went crazy. Nuts, you know. Got all strange, and nobody heard from him since. She leaned towards me over the railing as she spoke. Marty says he never even left. Although nobody's seen him for months, I haven't seen him at all. I only moved here five months ago. Divorce. Marty was the landlord. He got the building on the cheap when the asylum days were over. He hurriedly fixed the place, or should I say, attempted to fix it. It was patchwork. Well, I can assure you there is nobody in my apartment now but me. Some mice, maybe. I moved on without making eye contact. Did not want to engage in more conversation. Last thing I want is to gossip with a divorcee when my stomach is begging for food. I went into my apartment, and a few minutes after I entered... I heard a loud thud of a door being closed upstairs. So that was probably Tony, the sister. I cooked up some food, put the radio on. The light in the kitchen, which was actually just a retrofitted smaller room, was bleak and probably dangerous. It was a light bulb hanging from a wire, dangling about a foot off the ceiling. Forlorn sight. The ceiling had some cracks in it. The walls were bleached white, giving the apartment a hospital feel. I could hear the floor creaking upstairs, the other tenant living above me walking back and forth, back and forth. I woke up startled. Where am I? Oh, yes, the apartment. My TV's still on. Static, what time is it? Damn, I should get to bed. I hate falling asleep on a couch. I walked into my bathroom. I love this bathroom because the original bathtub was left intact. It was much larger than regular bathtubs, resting on large, solid cast iron legs, probably still there from the 1930s, the asylum days. Under the bathtub is all darkness. When I first got the apartment, I got on my hands and knees in front of that bathtub, and I stared into that darkness under it. Nothing. It could go on forever, and I would still see nothing. Around the bathtub, there was a track for a shower curtain. It was very similar to a track you see around hospital beds, 
Massive curtain would slide in and out all around it. I loved the bathtub for how large it was. You could fit at least three people in there. I love taking long showers, and I like all the extra room. The bathtub is what convinced me to take this apartment in the first place. I took a leak, brushed my teeth, and went to bed. It was the middle of the night, and I had work the next day. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. October 6th. I got back from work, tired, got home and opened a beer. A knock on the door. I stood up from the couch and opened it. My door is heavy, made of steel. The handle is rusty. I opened the door and saw a middle-aged man... Plump with a mustache, dark receding hair. Hello, neighbor, he exclaimed. He was wearing a brown suit that looked like shit. I could see sweat stains on the jacket. The collar of his shirt was soiled and frayed. His tie was loosened and hanging limply around his neck like a dead snake. I could see beads of perspiration on this man's forehead and neck. He smelled foul. Hi. I said simply. What does this clown want, I wondered. Tony said there is a gentleman moved in downstairs. I tell her, I will go make my acquaintance. But she says, don't bother you fool. So I don't come here for some time. But you know what? His face moved closer to mine. You know what? I thought, why not let this fellow know how good his neighbors are? Why not? So I came down. You drink? The man walked into my apartment and looked around. His eyes were darting from wall to wall, looking for a drink, I suppose. I went to the fridge and got a beer for the man and one for myself, twisted off the cap and gave it to him. His hands shook as he took it. Oh, yes, my favorite, the man said, licking his lips. He tipped his head when he drank it and managed to empty half the bottle in one sip. I stood, looking at him, judging his repugnance. So, he attempted to make conversation. You here for long? Several months. I went to my couch and sat down. The man remained standing. Oh, several months. That's too bad, he said. Not enough good fellows around here, you know. You go to town and the folks, well, they judge you. He suddenly shuffled his foot revealing a muddy shoe. Judging a man for just trying to make a living, imagine that? The man took another big sip of beer. He smacked his lips. What do you do for work? I sighed. I wanted to be alone that evening. There was a game on. This moron seemed lonely, so I knew it would be hard to get rid of him. I do consulting. Oil industry, mainly. I've been hired by the Red Corp. They are planning a dig here. Oh, yes, yes, the Red Corp. Aren't you a smart one? Yes. 
the man exclaimed, his voice loud. He took another large sip of his beer and finished it. He stared at the empty bottle sadly, then looked at me inquisitively. Help yourself to another one if you want, I motioned to the fridge. The man's eyes lit up, and he went over and got himself another bottle. I am Heath, by the way, he said, wiping the perspiration off his forehead with the sleeve of his jacket. I nodded. Richard. Well, Richard. Heath sat down at an armchair opposite me. Did you, perchance, hear anything about this apartment you are renting? There is a story here, you know. Oh, yes, there is. He took a large sip again. I could see the fat of his neck vibrating as he drank, beads of sweat dropping. I am not much for stories, I said. I looked out the window at that moment and saw the sun setting over the hills. The warmth will subside in another hour or so and I can shower and get to bed. I had to get rid of Heath. Well, that one's a doozy, said Heath. There was this other guy here, you know, Frank. Nice fellow, always had some whiskey. Good stuff, too, none of that cheap crap. You drink whiskey? I nodded. Yeah, that a boy. Heath looked around the apartment. One day, Frank got, you know, depressed. Yeah, depressed. He spent a lot of time in here, hiding. Hiding? I asked. I didn't understand what Heath meant by that. Yeah, hiding. He stopped going out, stayed here for days and weeks straight. Said the pacing drove him insane, back and forth, that kind of thing. Heath coughed. I would catch him on the staircase sometimes. He would be dirty and unshaven, always in a hurry. Which was strange, you see. Heath leaned closer to me now. Because he was always such a neat one. Always bathing, always shaving. Never had a stain on his shirt, that one. And that's a white shirt, too. So he moved out, I suppose. He isn't here now, I can assure you. No, he ain't, that's for sure. Heath laughed, then looked around my apartment. He gotta decorate here or something. I got wallpaper and curtains all over my spot. Also, Tony keeps it nice for me. Tony always does such a good job decorating. His pale gray eyes bit mine. Your place looks like a hospital room. It's strange. I don't mind, I said. I am only here for a few months. I finished my beer. Heath sprang to his feet and grabbed my empty bottle. I'll get you another one. He hurried away to the fridge where he procured another bottle for me and one for himself. He handed me mine and returned to the armchair. So yeah, I guess Frank did move out. Only where the heck did he go? And when did he move out? Nobody here seen him leave, that's for sure. I really don't know anything about Frank, I said. Well, isn't that a doozy? Heath said and took a giant sip of his beer. Listen, I said, it is so nice to meet you. I gotta work early the next day. Oh, yeah, sure. Heath was on his feet in a second. I get it, yeah. He went towards the door. I got up and walked him there. Well, I am so glad we met, Heath said. I am just upstairs. If you need anything, you just call on me. I am sure we will see each other, I said as I opened the door. Hey... 
You think you can help a fella? Eeth stared at the fridge. He still had the unfinished beer in his hand. I walked over to my fridge, got another bottle of beer, and gave it to him. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Heath made a little bow. That's way to help a fella. He hurried away up the metal staircase. Have a good night, he said on his way up. Put some red curtains up or something. You want me to get Tony to help you? I think I can manage some curtains, I said. Good night. I slammed my big, heavy steel door shut. On the next episode of The Bathtub. Suddenly, I heard a loud thud. Is that somebody in the hallway? I stood, listening, my head slightly cocked to the side, frozen. Another sound, this time sounded wet, like someone splashing. This was definitely coming from my apartment. Thank you for listening to The Bathtub. A crawlspace media production of a Pi Rational Story. Narrated by Neil Hilligers. This is a Glass Box Media Podcast.